0: Hello, Sawona, it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Pastors Wayne and Tricia, thank you so much for an invitation. It's such an honor for my family and uh, the rent crowd we have today that is here to be worshiping with you. And uh, we, we, we are really grateful to be here. This has been a uh, Something that should have happened a long time ago, but then there were floods. Uh, we kid you not, uh, the Sunday I was supposed to come and preach here, uh, the, you remember when there was a huge um, um, sinkhole on the entry? That's the Sunday I was supposed to come and preach here. So uh, no sinkhole or any devil's nest have anything against us. Uh, that shall prosper. Amen. So we ha- I had to contact the Department of Transport to fix the entry so that I can come and preach today. <laughs> so today, here I am, uh, here I am today to share the word of God. It took them a month, though, to fix the entry, but eventually, yes, they did. So I'm so glad to be here, and uh, my wife, Thelma, we are very happy. And the Queen Mother, you have already heard how she earned uh, um, her favoritism. Uh, so we and the Berea Congregational Church present uh, and the Agano Foundation uh, volunteers. We really thank God for this opportunity. Uh, the elders of the church, thank you so much for extending um, the invitation uh, to me to come and share the word of God. Uh, I kinda think your church is the coolest church in Durban. <laughs> I really, I really, I really think. This church is the coolest church I've already checked in online tried to tell my friends out there and colleagues that uh, they must be joining uh, every nation and this is nice that uh, during this time we are not only li- we are not limited by physical distance people can worship with us from anywhere in the world they could be overseas they could be here i've just saw uh, some of my just seen some of my friends from northwest uh, giving us a thumbs up Uh, So we really thank God for that. Amen. Amen. May I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, and the thoughts of my mind be acceptable to your God this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My sisters and brothers in Christ, um, we continue with the series, The Art of Spirituality. The Art of Spirituality. If you are joining us online, please type on the comment section The Art of Spirituality. The Art of Spirituality. We need Christians who know that if you, if you like the church's pages, if you share, you are evangelizing. Amen. Amen. So don't just watch there at home and not like and share every nation's church. Please do so. Amen. And I'm watching you. I'm watching you. With my uh, spiritual eyes. Please like and share every nation, depth, and church online uh, so that um, more people may uh, receive the same blessing that you are also receiving. Amen. Amen. My sisters and brothers in Christ, we started, I think it was the 4th of July uh, with, when Pastor Wayne introduced uh, the, the series, The Art of Spirituality. Uh, which was followed the following Sunday. We also had a second installment where we focused on the art of spirituality and meditation. Do you still remember that? Yeah. Okay, if you were uh, sleeping during the service, please send us a text message. We can resend you the sermon. Then the following Sunday, uh, he... Some people wondered wondering, how did Reverend does know about this sermon? I'm spiritually connected, amen. <laughs> amen. When we are spiritually connected, uh, you know it all. You know it all. Amen. My sisters and brothers in Christ, then the following Sunday, we had a reflection on the art of spirituality and the gift of sleep. You remember that sermon about how important that we must sleep, and as we sleep, we go different phases. Amen. We also, uh, the following Sunday, we had... Out of Spirituality and Integration. Do you still remember that sermon? Yes. Amen. Because everything that will be shared today is connected to all those messages that you have received before. We also had a, a message about the, the art of spirituality, uh, uh, which I want to share with you today, the art of spirituality and heritage. The art of, Oh, I forgot the art of spirituality and thankfulness. Remember when we were celebrating thankfulness? And how it is important to be grateful. The art of spirituality and surrender. And today we are looking at the art of spirituality and heritage. My sisters and brothers in Christ, as you already know that spirituality has become one of the worldwide uh, uh, um, highly Um, demanded phenomenon that is out there in the world. And uh, not only that, it has also become a huge industry. And there is a reason. The only challenge that um, a lot of us are facing in this world these days is just that some of us are searching for the answers in the wrong places. You know, it's like sometimes you are trying to connect to a Wi-Fi. Have you ever noticed sometimes you there are many Wi Fi's out there that make themselves available and known to you, right? But sometimes, if you are not careful, you end up uh, connecting to your neighbor's Wi Fi. And uh, your neighbor will look through the window and say, buy your own Wi Fi. You know? is the same with spirituality. Sometimes, you know, uh, we end up connecting to wrong spiritual connections in this world. You know, people will tell you that when you're traveling around the world, especially at airports or malls, you don't have to use every Wi-Fi that they make available there. B- because if you do, I, I, there was a time when I, I, I was so desperate. I think I was fly, flying through, Heathrow. I needed Wi-Fi to connect with my family. I connected to it. I started using it. For the whole year, I started receiving unsolicited adverts all sorts of things coming through my emails. I didn't even give them my, my other emails. I only used this Gmail email address that I used for everything. But then they, they were able to access a whole lot of other personal information. So it's going to be important that all these messages that you've been receiving in this church, you must remember them and you must make them part of your life. Why? Because a, a, a healthy spiritual Christian is the one who knows what spiritual connections you must have. Because if you choose to join wrong spiritual connections, you are not only end up with the wrong answers or some attachments or strings attached, you might even get taken advantage of by people. I'm going to make an example here. No offense, I'm not trying to undermine anybody, but have you noticed that these days there are so many Sangomas? And you start to ask yourself, why so many? Is it a fashion now or is it a trend now? Because even in the culture of um, uh, African spiritual traditions, not everyone is called to be a sangoma. But it seems like these days, you've got depression. No, we think your ancestors want to be a Sangoma. I'm in debt. We think your ancestors want to be a Sangoma. I've got anxiety disorder. Your ancestors want to be a Sangoma. I want to get married. Your ancestors must be a Sangoma first. You, I want to buy a car. Be a Sangoma first. I want peace in my heart. Be a Sangoma first. I have to be honest. I really think a lot of people are walking around being made to wear what they wear and do what they do, they are being taken advantage of. Somebody out there is making money out of them. So it's going to be important for us as Christians. That's why the Bible says you must descend the Spirit. You have to discern the Spirit. Even churches. When I say you are one of the coolest churches, I meant it. Because there are churches out there that have all sorts of funny things. You cool, yeah? I I can see in my spiritual as you (laughs) cool. There are churches out there that do all sorts of funny things just to try and connect. You walk into a church, you think you are walking into the temple of God. No, you are not. We are walking into some weird spiritual sanctuaries. So it's gonna be important that as Christians we really take the art of spirituality a little bit more serious. Today, I want to share with you about the art of spirituality and heritage, art of spirituality and heritage. In South Africa, this month of September, we are celebrating uh, the the, the month of heritage. So I thought, you know, it's going to be important that as Christians we reflect on uh, this issue of heritage. Heritage, heritage, what is heritage? And can you inherit things spiritually? If you can, that means you can inherit bad things spiritually, you can inherit good things spiritually. And how do you break curses of bad heritage and how do you take advantage of good heritage? Amen. 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 God is good. And all the time. When we talk about heritage, heritage can be defined as something that you inherit, you receive from somebody, and that could be a tangible asset or an intangible asset. For example, when you receive, when somebody passes on, I will talk about that just now, when somebody passes on, they leave a heritage for you. Most people, they get excited, I'm going to get my grandma's BMW. I'm going to get my grandfather's uh, shares. Some people, they get sad when they lose parents, but they get comforted when they receive maybe some investments from their parents. They inherit the house. They inherit computers and this and that. But do you also know that you can also inherit things that are not tangible, and even things that are not visible. So heritage is huge. In South Africa, when we are celebrating heritage, we must remember and always be sensitive to what is it that we are celebrating. Because some heritage, if you start undermining them, they end up working against you. I'm going to make an example. When you are a child of God and you start deviating from the laws of God, there is always a backfiring that takes place. I'm going to make an example. In South Africa, we have the majority of South Africans as Christians. I kid you not. More than 75% of South Africans are Christians. And then you have the other religions, such as African uh, indigenous uh, um, religions, you have Judaism, you have Hinduism, you have Islam. And most of them, they form about 10%. So which means now in South Africa, 95% of South Africans are religious people. And yet, we claim we are a secular nation? There are no surprises that things are just falling apart. There are no surprises. That now that you have taken God out of our daily lives, now you've got children who spend their whole night at yeah. Yeah? yeah. Now you have children who burn principal's cars because a cell phone was taken away. Now we have got children who don't respect the elders. Not only that... You have people who have no ethics whatsoever that they would rather become multi-millionaires and steal money that was meant to save lives. Some people say we're in a secular state, but as some of my professors will always say, how can we afford as a nation to have an, a structural engineer who does not fear God? Because when you have a structural engineer who does not fear God, There's going to be a mall that's going to be falling on top of other people. When you have doctors who don't fear God, we are doomed to have doctors who will be raping patients in their surgeries like it happened in one of the provinces. Because we have neglected the heritage that we have received from those who have come and gone before us. And now we are falling apart. My sister and my brother, these things are spiritual. We are a praying nation. We are not a secular nation. Anyone who tells you that, they are trying to deviate us from what is our spiritual inheritance. My sisters and brothers in Christ, in most of the inheritance, in order for it to happen, There is death that must happen. As we read in John chapter 12, verse 24. John chapter 12, verse 24. We read in that gospel that we also need to die in the flesh in order to inherit spiritual growth. Because our Lord Jesus Christ said, and I quote, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat... Falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. It remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. John twelve, verse twenty four. A lot of inheritance. In order to receive it, you receive it when somebody has transitioned to higher service, as part of their bequest that they have left for you. That's why some people say, "Oh, I'm living on inheritance." But, my sister and my brother, the same thing with spiritual benefits and gifts. There is something that needs to die in order for you to benefit spiritually. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Yes. You cannot receive the gift of the Spirit unless your old self is dead. You cannot grow spiritually unless your old habits die. We just spoke about death. You know, it's going to be important that in a spiritual realm, you claim spiritual um, you claim death liberation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Christians, you are supposed to have economic freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. But how can you get that if you are not spiritually prepared to die on your old habits? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of deaths, there are unnecessary. I was speaking, it's funny, Pastor Tricia, that you spoke about this because I was talking with one of my old uh, schoolmates recently, and I was saying to him, you know, one thing that disturbed me, it is... It's only disturbing me now after 30 years or more. And something happened many years ago. And I got so angry. Because the first debt that I had, I had that debt even before I had my first job. When I was a student at university, I remember this as soon as I opened a bank account. Somebody told me you can go to one of the clothing shops and open an account. <laughs> they... So I went there. I got Truist card, and same day I bought some stuff, even though I didn't have money and I didn't have a job. They couldn't even, in those days. They couldn't even give me the plastic, the actual card. They gave me the paper one. You can make credit, and then later you can come and collect the real one. So I got stuck in debt even before I had my job. So I've been thinking, you know, debt was so wrong and cruel that they will give someone who's doing first year at university, doesn't even have money to buy a pass coupon to go to school, and this person doesn't have a job, let alone having an income to buy things on credit. So now I'm busy wearing these clothes, but I don't owe them. Yeah. Somebody else owe the clothes. Yeah. And if I don't pay, they will chase me down. Even though the clothes I have worn them, I don't even use them anymore. They are still wanting their money. So I become a slave to them. Yeah. But my sister and my brother, hey. Do you know why I opened the, that credit card? Oh, they don't tell you it's a credit card. I know I've heard some people say, oh, this is a card. No, this is a, an Edgar's card, True West card. No, it's a credit card. <laughs> it's a credit card. Never call them by the name. No, don't use all the these euphemism. It's a credit card. Do you know why I opened that credit card? Because there was something that I inherited from my grandparents. When I grew up in my family, I was raised by grandparents. they were so poor that they had to buy food on credit. They bought clothes on credit. They used to take me to purchase. Some of you and now i 'm revealing my age passed <laughs> away. They used to be a, a clothing shop called Parcha to discuss. Some people know. they used to take me there to buy me clothes. So I, I grew up thinking that the whole life is about credit, so I inherited that. So at some point in my life, I had to make a decision that I need to die in those habits so that I can develop new habits. It might take you time, don't get me wrong, even now some of us are feeling uncomfortable about it, but trust me, you can live a debt free life. I can guarantee you that. You can claim it. You. You can claim it. You can work on it. You can do your financial overview. You can have a new heritage that you're going to develop even for your next next generation and their children's children. Amen. The Bible says a good person leaves a good name for their children and their children and their children's children. Amen. It is possible. You can do it. Trust me. You can do it. Don't let the market overcrowd your mind. Don't let the, ad- you know in these days even on cell phone, you'll be checking it, try to check in at every nation. There is a sponsored advert coming up. Pizza, pizza. I'm in charge. <laughs> I don't need pizza. Oh. We are trying to fast, we are fasting. We are on Instagram looking for sermons. There come Upa eats, Upa eats, you know? Lord, is it from you or is it from social media? (laughs) My sisters and brothers, it's going to be important that we learn to die in certain things in order to regain spiritual. There are things that must die. And if you notice most of them, they are things of the flesh. It's the flesh that lasts fancy clothes. It's the flesh that lasts expensive things. Sometimes we buy things that we don't even need. Why? Because the flesh wants them. So if you die in the flesh, you will live in the spirit and you will prosper in life. It's called the art of spirituality. In Mark chapter 8, verse 35, the Bible says, For whoever wants... To save their life will lose it. But I who so but but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Mark 8, verse 35. My sister and my brother, you need to die in your old ways. This is a spiritual thing. And develop new ways of living. Your lifestyle should be different. You will be amazed how healthy you will be, how glowing you will be. You will be amazed at how how much energy you will be exuding around. You will be shocked what are the blessings you will be attracting to your life because some of the blessings, they are not coming your way because we are still alive in your old self. So you need to die in the old self. So that the new things may come to your life. Amen. 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 My sisters and brothers in Christ, inheritance. In Romans chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible tells us that, therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. As I've said earlier, there are things that we inherit from our parents, grandparents, from those who have come and gone before us. Some of those things, they are tangible, but others are not tangible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of the things that we have inherited from those who have gone before us They may include the behaviors. Like I've said, I inherited a death-sponsored lifestyle from my grandparents. This was the best way they could do things. But some of us, you don't have to continue that way. Some people will say, no, me, I am different from my parents. How many people do you know who will say, when I grew up, I said, I don't want to be like my father? And yet, I ended up doing exactly the same things that my father did. How many of you said, I will never be like my mother? And yet, when you grew up, you did exactly the same things that your mother did. Hallelujah. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. All right. Some people say, no, my mother used to always, you know, telling us, you know, be clean, be upright, and yelling at children when you grow up. You start doing the same thing and your mother just looks at you and "Uh (laughs) says, uh-huh, uh-huh. My sisters and brothers in Christ, there are so many things that we inherit in life. Some of these things, they are not really good things that we should be inheriting. But we inherit them because some of the spiritual heritage is corporate. You' not like sin, Paul defines sin as a corporate sin. One man sinned, therefore all of us are sinners. but also through one man, all of us can be saved. And I underline can, because not everyone is taking advantage of being saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so even though we may not be at a, a good place spiritually, but through Christ, we can receive this inheritance. That's why the Bible says, through Christ, you are now sons and daughters of God's kingdom. We are no longer strangers, but now you are princes and princesses. So we can inhe- inherit God's kingdom spiritually, but you have to die to the old self. That's what Jesus was trying to explain to Nicodemus, that you need to be reborn. And he got confused. He said, no, 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 I don't mean like that. Uh, Jesus said, you must be reborn through water and spiritual. So you see now it's going to be important, my sisters and brothers in Christ, that all of us, we take time to make it intentional that we get born again. It does not matter what you have inherited. It does not matter what happened to you in the past. You need to be born again. Because it is in that spiritual rebirth that you will be able to break the generational curses. You're going to be able not only to break them, but to start creating new heritages that your family will inherit. Some people, they've already given up on South Africa as a nation. But I tell them, may I'm serving a God who was there before time. God now will always be there. May I'm serving a God who said, I know the plans I have for you, not to curse you, but to bless you. And I'm serving, it's the same God who said, when my people who are called by my name shall return and come back to me and pray, I will hear their prayers. And I will answer them. Amen. Amen. The only thing that South Africa needs is to stop all these shenanigans of secularism, all these new age things. We need to go back to our spiritual roots. Yes. We need to become a praying nation. We are not trying to force everybody to take up any any religion or Christian movement. All we are saying: this is a praying nation. Yes. We prayed. And God heard our cry yeah. during the darkest days ever. Some people, they even forget how dark this country used to be. Yeah. And through prayer, yeah. through prayer, yeah. we were able to liberate ourselves yeah. from the claws of oppression yeah. that divided us. Yeah. You know, I'm learning a lot today from Pastor Wayne and Pastor Tisha in this church. Now imagine 50 years ago, I wouldn't be able to learn. You wouldn't be able to be blessed um, by us visiting you. We wouldn't be sitting around like this. But we prayed. And God heard our prayers. And God changed our country. Amen? So, is South Africa gone? Is it all doom and gloom? I don't think so. Because God is still the same. It's a spiritual warfare. A lot of people don't understand this. It is a spiritual warfare. We are fighting against the principalities. Amen? It's going to need a church and a nation that is going to go back to become a praying nation. That's going to be spiritually connected to the Wi-Fi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We already have this thing. We inherited this. This thing is already in us. It's an know This thing is already in our DNA. We know some of the bad things that we inherit from those who have come and gone before us, which is why it's going to require spiritual discipline. Because some things that we do in life, we do them because we learn them from those who have come before us. Some of them we do them because... They just came through our DNA. Yeah. Have you ever had someone who's young and they've got diabetes? And somebody says, no, um, the reason why they received, the, they've got diabetes is because it was genetically inherited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. know there are some things that may be fall upon you simply because they came from the line of your family? I'm going to challenge your faith just now. Hallelujah. Just look at your neighbor and say, be ready. Look at you. You always choose the wrong neighbor. Choose the other one. (laughs) Just say, be ready. Because I'm about to challenge your faith. Because some of you, we have people that we look up to in the Bible. Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. But some of these people, yes, God used them, but they were not perfect. Hallelujah. And that is why you shouldn't be surprised that God can also use you, even though you are not perfect. God used me. I'm not the perfect person in the world. And here I am. Hallelujah. When Isaac went to visit this other king, the men of that town, they asked him, is this woman your wife? Genesis 26, verse 6 to 10. We are not going to read the whole thing. Genesis 26, verse 6 to 10. They asked him, is this your wife? What did Isaac say? Looked at his wife and said, oh, my wife is haba haba she's hot eh maybe i can use her to strike business deals said no. she looks he looks at his and said no that's my sister yeah. and the king they gave him whatever he needed to start the business to survive because there was a drought then one day the Bible says the king was walking around on his balcony looking down which means he was closer now to the king, eh? Because if I may use uh, the Ama2000s language, he pimped his wife, eh? <laughs> halle, halle. It's in the Bible. I don't know why you are laughing. It's there in the Bible. Which version are you using? It's there in the Bible. So the king looked down there and saw Isaac. Well, some versions, they say he was strolling hand-in-hand hand with his wife, but the original version said, they said something else. That's a speech related. But the king said, no, man, there's no one who can hold the hand of his sister like that. Call Isaac yeah. they called him. The king said, hey, tell me, you said that's your sister, but the way you be, the two of you behave, that's not your sister. Said, oh, yeah, I was afraid you were going to kill me. Actually, she is my wife. And the king said, you know, why did you do this to us? You are bringing down God's wrath upon us. Why did you lie to us? But me, I have a question for you. Where did Isaac learn this from? Uh Aha. From his daddy. Uh Aha. Oh, you read the Bible. His father, when he went to Egypt, he did exactly the same thing. He went to Egypt because he wanted proximity to the Pharaoh. He said, no, this is my sister. And then he says, oh, I thought they were going to kill me. But the Pharaoh said something interesting. Because Pharaoh said something that showed that they were not going to kill him. In fact, the Pharaoh had higher moral standards than Abraham. Because he said, why did you do this to us? Because now you are bringing God's right upon us. So which means they will never do such a thing. Instead, even when they were leaving, they gave them capital to go and start their own business. There are things that we learn from our fathers, from our mothers, that are spiritually inherited. Sometimes your short temper is not really bipolar. It's something that you need to pray about and cut it because it's a generational curse. Sometimes you not being nice to other people, always not being happy for other people's progress, it's got nothing to do with you having too many deaths, but it has something with you being a victim of generational curses that you inherited. Sometimes... The reason why you are not progressing in life is not because it has anything to do with you necessarily, but it has a lot to do with what you spiritually inherited. So my sister and my brother, it's going to be important that we all learn the art of spirituality. Everything that has been taught to you all this time, it wasn't just done because it was that serious, but it's something that you should be holding on. In fact, this morning, the Spirit said something to me, Pastor Wayne. I don't know how you're going to receive it, but I was thinking, how impactful will it be if you turn your series into a book? Amen? <laughs> Amen? Turn this series into a book. Yes, people can still access it on YouTube, but people can also have a book that they put on their side of their bed that keeps on reminding them the art of spirituality. Because sometimes when everything is okay, your bank account is all right, your balance is fine, you're cruising nicely, as the young people say, in your nice car, you've got nice clothes, you've got swag, then we forget that the principalities the demons are not resting. In fact, they are not happy that we are progressing. Then we forget about the art of spirituality. May the Lord help you as you pray about it. Amen. Amen. There are also things that happen in our families. King David had a son. By the name of Amnon, the son raped his sister and David keeps quiet. Why? Can you take a guess? Because he was afraid that his son is going to say to him, Dad, but you are not perfect either. You also forced yourself in another man's wife and even arrange for that man to be killed. Yeah. So what's the, what's the difference between you and I? Yeah. So David kept quiet. Yeah. But guess what? And this is the reason why you need to take the art of spirituality serious. Because when David didn't do, the Bible says for two years, he did nothing, said nothing, read First Samuel chapter 13, the Bible says for two years. His other son, Absalom, wanted now to take matters upon himself to revenge his sister. Guess what? He killed his brother, Amnon. Having killed his brother, he realized, if my brother can rape my sister, my father does nothing, and I kill my brother, and my father does nothing, maybe I can take over the whole country. So he decided to stage a coup d'etat. And during the coup d'etat, now the king had to send the soldiers to stop the revolution. Now you see what started as an individual, poor spiritual behavior became a family problem. Now it has escalated to a national crisis. How many problems are we having in this country? Because sometimes we've got leaders who have personal problems, and their personal problems end up becoming party problems, they end up being government problems, and then they end up being our problems. And you still don't want to pray about your country? How many companies have suffered because the owner or the CEO had personal issues that became family issues? that became company issues, the next thing, everybody's losing their jobs. Investors losing their investments. My sister and my brother, when sometimes you get closer to those issues, you might discover some things. That a lot of leaders, were, including us pastors. Oh yeah, us pastors. Sometimes when you dig deeper, you might discover that there was a problem in the family. That's the pastor, or the CEO, or the, 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 the president, or the CEO, or the MEC, or the, 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 what is the premier. That they went through when they were growing up, they never dealt with it, they never prayed about it, they never sought help about it. Now those challenges have become our challenges. They influence the decisions they make. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we still together? Yes. You know, there are people who are struggling with the spirit of ethnocentrism. They will never give you a job because you're a Musutu. They will never give you a job because you're a Kosa. They will never give you a job because you're Zulu. They will never give you a job because you're English. They will never give you a job because you're Scottish. They will never give you a job because you are of Asian descent. They will never give you a job because you are a Koi, or you are in Namakwa, or you are from Otenigua, or you are Krotowa. There are people of that spirit, and it needs to be broken. Because sometimes, when you dig deeper, you find that they have no idea why they are bringing ethnic identity above your skills in order to employ you. But somebody, when they were growing up, told them, you should never trust Indians. Yeah. You should never trust whites. Yeah. You should never trust the Zulus. Yeah. You should never trust the Kosas. Yeah. You should never trust the Krotoas. Yeah. You should never trust the Namakwas. You should never trust uh, the generation of the cock. So my sister and my brother, it's going to be important that these generational curses that we have inherited, we have a spiritual strength and resilience, and we are resolute to break them. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. My sister and my brother in Christ, I would like to challenge you now. I don't know what has been going on in your life. I don't know what spiritual battles that you are fighting, that you might have inherited from your parents, that you might have inherited from, I don't know, your friends. Because sometimes the company you keep, it can also bring some other spirits into your life. I don't know what challenges your business is going through because your business has people in it that gave you a blueprint, a business model. You prayed about it, and the Spirit said, don't use this business model. But you still went ahead because it sounded appealing. And guess what? And now your business is struggling. Because you took somebody's business model that had some other spiritual connections. Maybe the job you got the reason why you are struggling in that job is because maybe your predecessor went through some spiritual challenges and you went to that job got excited it's a nice corner office you didn't even pray for that office maybe the car it's a brand new car that you are driving i once bought a brand new car for the first time in my life i was all excited I didn't pray. I prayed for it, but I didn't pray on it when I received it. So before it came, I prayed about it. And when it arrived, we were all excited, me and my family cruising nicely. (laughs) And then one day, the car just overheated. And the car was not even six months old. How can a brand new car overheat in six months? Then I realized... Maybe I never, it's because I never prayed. Because how many people have handed this car before it, hand, it landed on me? Yeah. We don't know what challenges they had, what spiritual bondages they had. I never prayed. Yeah. Then I had a prayer. I decided to trade it in. Then we had a prayer. Then it never hit, overheated after that. Maybe there are challenges even in your marriage that you shouldn't be having them. Given your level of education, the fact that you're a Christian here, we are in one of the coolest churches where you are being taught. Every it uh, has got a teaching in it. So you should be wiser by now, right? You have been prepared. You went to pre-marriage class, but still there are these challenges. I don't want to reveal my age again, but there was this old movie. I think it had uh, Bruce Willis and his ex-wife, where the what was it? No, no, I'm not that old, no, not that old, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I know that one too. <laughs> I had to throw in that one. But where, I think with Michelle Pfeiffer, where they are a married couple, and they are arguing, but as they are arguing, they visually bring the parents. So the wife, it's not the wife talking, but... Well, I'm not going to mention names, but they... they, they (laughs) But it's the mother and the the father talking through her to her husband, and the husband is not the one to... You know the move I'm referring to? Amma 2000, like, what move is that? The story of us, yes. Now I believe you and I are the same age. <laughs> the movie is called The Story of Us. And then you also have the, the, the husband. His parents are talking through him to the wife, saying all sorts of wrong things. Unfortunately, but that was the plot of the movie. How many of us, we say things, we do things, we behave in certain ways, And at the end of the day, you ask yourself, but that's not what I like. But this is not who I am. But this is not what I want. And I did say to myself, I will never do this in my life. And yet you are doing it. It's the spiritual inheritance that you inherited. My sister and my brother, we are going to pray now. Because as we continue with this art of spirituality, we're gonna rearm ourselves. We are going to regroup. We are going to develop our spiritual masses to fight these bondages, amen. Because there is no way that you, as a child of God, should continue suffering. Yes, the Bible says there are curses that get passed on from one generation to the next, up to the fourth generation. But the Bible also says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. May we all please stand as we are about to pray. We are going to put an end to this. There is no child of God that must be a slave to death. There is no child of God that must be a slave to suffering, not being able to do the things you want. Because you are a slave to death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what are the challenges. Maybe it's your bipolar. I don't know. Maybe it's your, what you think is your anxiety disorders. Your mama had them. You had them. Your grandmother did. I don't know. Maybe you've got anger issues that your grandfather had, it runs in the family. Everybody has made you accept that it runs. But today, we have to say, in the name of Jesus, we are cutting these things. Maybe in your family, everybody always tries to start a business, but none of the business succeeds. We all know, even the neighbors know, in your neighborhood, that that family, they always try something but they never succeed. Why do they keep on trying? I want to tell you today, my sister and my brother, you're gonna keep on trying one more time. This time around, armed spiritually. Not trying on your own, but with God on your side. Oh yes, oh yes. Maybe we have a tendency of not speaking the truth. You know some Christians, yes, I'm born again. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Why are you late? Oh, Lord, you know, today my dog ate my remote. And it's okay because everybody knows that a can you wouldn't lie. But you know we have that spirit of not telling the truth or maybe telling the truth but not exactly the way things happen. And this morning, my sister and my brother, we need to cut that. We need to cut that. We need to be a community of Christians that when people are looking for employees who we can hire, they should say in Turban, have you looked at Every Nation? Try there first and see if there's anyone who needs a job. Because members of Every Nation in they are Christians of integrity, they've got good work ethics, they are hard workers. We need to reach that level, my sisters and brothers where our spiritual well-being and reputation precedes us. It goes ahead of us. Even when people look at us, they know that in this church, in this house of the Lord, there are good Christians who are liberated from the bondages. Hallelujah. Let us all raise our hands. May we all raise our hands this morning. We're all going to pray now. I don't know your challenge, but you know yourself. You know your story. You know what you have inherited. You know what has come upon you. You know your challenges. Some of them you can't even mention them by word, but you know your challenges. You know where you are lacking. You wonder why. I've got all that it takes, but for whatever strange reasons, the doors just don't open. I've got what it takes. I have the knowledge. I have the skills. I have experience, but it just doesn't happen. Why, why me, Lord? I apply, but I don't even get a response. Oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah. Father God, we come before you this morning. We just wanna pray, Heavenly Father, for my sister and my brother, who's going through challenges this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, we know that we are not facing human beings, blood and flesh, but we are facing principalities of the spiritual realm. I pray, O Lord, this morning that in the name of Jesus, 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 I cast and lose all the bondages of death, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we break generational curses this morning. In the name of Jesus, we break diseases, O oh Lord, that have been inherited. In the name of Jesus, we break behaviours that have come down through generations. In the name of Jesus, we claim victory, O oh Lord. We claim victory for our marriages. We claim victory for our families. We claim victory for our businesses. We claim victory for our churches. We claim victory for our city of heaven, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit may dwell among us and take over us and control our lives. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we may all learn how to be spiritually disciplined. Help us, O oh Lord, to learn to be spiritually obedient to your word. Help us, O oh Lord, to be spiritually resilient, O oh Lord. Help us this morning to be spiritually connected at all times. I pray Heavenly Father, for my sister and my brother who's struggling, O oh Lord. You know their struggles. You know how desperate they need that house. How desperate they need those properties. How desperate they need those jobs. How desperate they need to start families. How desperate they want to be happy. How desperate they want to be healed, oh Lord. How desperate they want to be healthy. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Heavenly Father, may your healing come down, oh Lord. May your healing touch each and every one of us. For your word said, your ear is not too dull to hear our prayers, and your hand is not too short to save us. In the name of Jesus, we pray for healing, O Lord. We pray for breakthroughs, O Lord. We pray for open doors, O Lord. We pray that you close the doors that need to be closed. We pray, O Lord, that you make a way for each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.